This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris nonsense going on right now all the news the doomsday clock is 13 nanoseconds to kaputs uh the the the, the uh, existential threats uh as well as the low iq people the popular fools running the place kind of keeps everybody on edge all the time there's no shortage of news the one thing that jumped out in all that to me was a gallup poll saying that i don't know most people many people feel that government is the problem. Oh, this is a real problem. Have you people not learned? Apparently, we need more lockdowns. We're going to start with masking you again. How could you say such a thing? It's not the real government people, you fools. It's the, it's the uh, private sector idiots coming in and messing it up, like Trump. You see? It always, always comes back to Trump. It's his fault. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. Listen, I'm going to tell you, it has me a little riled up as I look at what's going on in my own community. I'm going to get to that because I want to talk about a couple other things first. But let me let me one of those is let me mention this. By the time you're listening to this, uh, if I go, I'm going to go to our our local commissioners meeting. And uh, I've been asked many times to go and uh, speak on different things and make my position known. And um, I've resisted all that for a few reasons. And uh, one is that I don't really like creating an unnecessary target out of myself. Uh, You know, if I'm going to go for something, I'm going to go for it. I don't believe in picking fights that I can't win. And and, uh, and not that I'm going to get down there and pick a fight because I won't. I'll be completely... um, respectful and I've said this before all the people climb they wouldn't let me speak it's not your meeting you're like it's a public meeting that gives you no right you don't understand how the board works and and it can't work the way we think that you're just going to allow anybody and everybody to get up there and blabber on as long as they want no there's going to be rules there's going to be a decorum and at the end of the day anything isn't that isn't covered is covered by the president of the board it's his meeting you may not like it. You may not like the president. Then change the president. But this is the system, and it is a good system. Robert's rules of order. I'm not the expert on all this stuff. But there's a reason. There's a method to the madness, to basically to keep people from throwing chairs at each other. Anyway, I don't have any you know, plans of getting at anything approaching any of that. I would be respectful of the board is my point. Um, if they don't let me speak, I was like, I'll just sit outside and talk to everybody one-on-one. I got no problem with that. Uh, and I wouldn't even do that anyway. Anyway, I don't even know if I want to go as I sit here right now recording this, by the way, before we get into all that tough talk. I'm like, what am I going to gain out of this? Uh, but a wasted evening, really. And the answer is I'm not going to get anything out of it. Uh, but that's not really how I think. How do I think? I don't know. Have you? Has anybody been able to figure that out? If you let me tell you, if you want to get the answer to that, I'm going to give you the number to my therapist. I want you to you'll save me three hundred dollars an hour, six days a week. I'm going eighteen hundred a week. I'm dependent on therapy, trying to figure out what makes me tick. That's the reoccurring question. Sometimes I got to stay for two hours. Sometimes they even make me stay overnight. Have I said too much? 
it's only when I, the voices won't stop. You know what I mean? Uh, we're all a little crazy. Everybody can relate a little bit. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Anyway, enough of the horsing around. Uh, here's a little funny tidbit for you before I get into some very serious topics. Uh, maybe you've heard me talk in the past about my microphone woes. Not specifically the microphone. Very happy. I'm mostly happy with this microphone. Uh, I think there's better, maybe better options available in the microphone area. Uh, but it's a huge jump in price, and I just don't like spending money on that stuff. Uh, it's just it's not that important to me. Um, but the one thing that's bugged me is the the goofy swing arm. And they make these, I don't know, I guess they're hydraulics in there. I would imagine hydraulics, so they're silent and, you know, very smooth and stay stuck in position. Meanwhile, I got this thing that's clamped on the edge of this table. It's falling off all the time. It's in my way. I can't really get it out of the way. I'm thinking, this is really amateurish, and which I kind of wore it as a badge of honor in that regard. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Anyway, the funny thing about all that, um, here I am just sitting here with a uh, little tripod set up, old school. Looks old school too. It's neat. I can wave it around. I don't know what that's doing to the sound. Maybe I'll go back and listen. You're like, okay, stop. Let's go back to the swing arm. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Fickle podcasters, what can I tell you? I saw this post on Twitter by President Biden. I'm on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter. I'm certainly not blue check certified. Don't think I'm going to be. Just really kind of lurking around for whatever reason. Once they start charging, I'll put a stop to that, I guess. I don't know. It's terrible. Uh, I do pick up on a few little things like this. President Biden, he says, one of the reasons I ran for president was to restore pride in three simple words, made in America. Isn't that something? You know, it's really interesting to me because uh, I watched the campaign um, pretty closely. If, If you recall back during the campaign, he didn't do a whole lot of it, right? He's very, very concerned about the spread of covid And he took this virus very seriously, just like he takes classified documents very seriously. And so he stayed in his basement. He stayed in his basement to protect himself. But more importantly, he did it to protect others because this is the kind of American Joe Biden. Don't you remember? Long days, the poor guy practically in solitude down there. The right wingers making fun of him, saying he was just sleeping all the time. You know, he put a lid on it early. Does anybody remember me talking about this? It's like 10 a.m. He's like, well, we're going to put a lid on it. And then you have these clowns that are just going to make fun of him, accusing him of being lazy. And clearly he was sacrificing his own campaign and his lifelong dream to become president so that he could protect the safety of others. He didn't want people out there campaigning. Don't you understand that? Probably because he didn't want people to know the truth, but that's another story. Anyway... Uh, I watched it closely. I watched the sacrifices that he made. And I don't remember him saying anything about no made in America ever once until this tweet, actually. All of a sudden, like, and I think the problem is that they're realizing that there's no way to make ammo for Ukraine. Like, they've shipped it all overseas. And I think they're like, hmm, we're talking about going to war with China and, and we don't have any way to make anything here. And they're like, uh, Uncle Joe, start talking about make it here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We used to say made in America. But America, isn't that kind of offensive? Like, that's kind of like uh, bordering on uh, 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 white extremism. In capitals, no less. Maybe if you made it lowercase America, I could see it. But, I mean, this is a little bit flies in the face of non-whites as I see it. 
women, children, homosexuals, veterans, anybody but straight white males. And if you're a straight white male and and gay or a veteran or, or female, it doesn't matter. You're still evil at heart. You never really. I guess. I guess if you went through all the transgender surgeries, does that clear you? Like if you're a straight white guy, and you go through all of the transgender surgeries, can you ever be forgiven the sins of being a straight white male? I don't think so, because you know, despite the surgeries, uh, you don't really change at heart. And at heart, you're just always going to be that evil, racist, misogynist, homophobic, um, not a climate-denying, election-denying, vaccine-denying white dude. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. Um, made in America. Go, Joe. I mean, it's hard to argue with it, right? Okay, Joe, you got us there. Made in America. Woo. You're winning, you're winning the war, Joe. You really are. You're winning hearts and minds, babe. Keep it up. Uh, Russia issues urgent nuclear war warning as the doomsday clock. <sighs> I don't know about nuclear war. I hate to believe anybody wants a nuclear war. But um, this has got to stop. This, this has got to stop. Zelensky's out of his mind. Uh, he never did all the money we sent in Ukraine. Let me tell you something. Uh, I told myself I don't want to get fired up anymore. How do you not look at this garbage? The nonsense that we're fed day after day after day, year after year after year, and you're just not supposed to get upset about it. What am I talking about? Yeah, people. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think the money we're sending to Ukraine is a little excessive, dude. It's been like going on for what since the minx accords or whatever they are been going on for like 20 years like how do you think obama got started in politics it was money they were siphoning off of the ukraine and they're like, oh you don't know no i don't i know this all the billions of dollars we put in 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 ukraine military aid over decades and they were in no position to defend themselves all the way down to the point, if you remember me talking about when Russia invaded, there wasn't so much a gate at the border. Russia's telling them for months, we're coming in, we're coming in. And since Zelensky's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. Not so much as a road bump, not so much as a single tank. Now they're like, we need tanks. What would you do with the $400 billion year over year over year? Where did that money go? Ah, shut up, Chris. We need to move on, do we? What are we moving on to? Nuclear war. It, what are we? What are we fighting about? I'm not so sure the Ukrainian people want to continue. <laughs> Russia just started shutting off the lights, and in a matter of weeks, people are like, well, "Whatever you want to do, if you're telling me we're going to vote Russian, then just get the electric back on." Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. We have a, a, this is Kathy Barnett posted this. We have a bunch of 60, 70 year olds running our country, and, our, and their wisdom is only uh, leading them to screw us all over. I think it's time for some young bloods who are smart to boot. I totally agree. And I've complained about this before. And it's not just a self loathing thing. I, I don't really want to be in politics. I, I really do this as a hobby, and I really want to keep it that way. Uh, I've had many bright ideas, and I have some uh, neatly stowed away right now, which is where they're going to stay because I just like what I'm doing and kind of how I'm doing it. And I always said I'm going to continue the podcast as long as I enjoy it. And you know what? Uh, 
uh, over five years in, I found that to be the most important thing ever. I really did. Yeah, there was a couple of times where I got off base and I start to ask myself. I said, well, the problem is if I'm not enjoying it, there's no way I'm going to continue. I don't care if it's paying a lot of money, a little money. I don't really need the money at this point. I don't mean to sound like a jerk. I'm not, I don't consider myself rich at all. We do fine. Uh, we want for nothing, basically. Uh, but I don't have any kind of lavish lifestyle. I've got no, uh, no vacation home at all. No boats, no you know, luxury vehicles or anything like that. Uh, but we're plenty satisfied with our life. Of course, you know, I'd like to pay off my mortgage and be happy to have a little more money. And we have certain aspirations we work to. Um, but we're at a pretty comfortable point. And we want to keep it that way. Not really willing to take a whole lot of risk otherwise. My younger self would have taken issue with what I'm telling you right now. But I'm no longer my younger self. This is where I'm at. So, And I've just found that, look, in terms of what I want the podcast to be for you, that I need to be enjoying it. And I do. I love it. I think I'm kind of addicted to it, really. I don't know why. Oh, but I, despite that, Kathy Barnett's exactly right. I mean, what the hell? Uh, I don't know if Sean Hannity's a good example. He's not that old. But, you know, like uh, Dr. Savage, like, dude, can't you go, like, make books on tape or something and, and, and clear up the airways for the next generation, let them make a little money for God's sake, you know, before we turn 110? And, and the influence, all of it, really. Sad story here on Fox News. A Massachusetts mom strangled three young children. They think it was postpartum depression. What I found odd was the husband, I think, uh, who looked very um, non-masculine, whatever I'm trying to say there. Uh, I don't mean to be judgmental. He doesn't look like any kind of you know masculine. Let's put it this way. He's not full of to- toxic masculinity, okay? Uh, that's my observation. And who knows? Maybe he's a real tough guy. He'd probably beat the crap out of me, but it doesn't matter. Um, not a big physical stature guy, I guess you could say. Anyway, he comes out, my point about this, and he says, oh, you know, asking people to forgive her. And I'm like, "Um, all right, you know, I understand, I guess, where you're going with that, but at that point, I'm pretty angry at the loss of my children. And you don't have to make a statement, particularly in his case. I just found a little odd, very odd, kind of. Maybe, I don't know, who knows what was going on. I don't judge, I really don't. Very sad for the children. She's going to go to prison, no doubt. And uh, he better shut up before he does, too. And I'm not saying that to be rude, but you better be a little careful that there's no ties or he wasn't aware of anything. that You know, he could have stopped it. Uh, you ought to check this out in the Washington Times. I've talked about this. Nobody seems to care, this problem uh, of these uh, outside interest groups coming in taking over local state governments, getting initiatives done at the grassroots level, you might say. And they pump the money in from the low end. They get a lot of interest. They go, yeah, you know, we've got you know, 40 towns already signed on to you know, electric cars, whatever that means. Well, anyway, uh, I've talked about it with the environmental groups. I've seen it firsthand where they come in like the Gestapo. And unlike me, who's going to be respectful of the board president, they're not. They're like, we'll bring a crowd of people in here and disrupt this whole thing. We don't care. They may not say it exactly like that, but they let it be known. Meanwhile, you got this group running around trying to uh, secretly plot to end gas stoves. I don't know. Maybe just to put, create political turbulence, which it really does. It's like then you got to go defend against this nonsense initiative. I think in the future it's really something that we got to strongly hold politicians accountable. You know, you're going to engage in this crap with these groups. 
you know, we, I, I, let me tell you right now, and, and this is part of what's weighing on me with going to the uh, public meeting here in our town, and that is that I think we need to pierce the veil uh, on all fronts, police and politicians, on the uh, on the immunity clause, because the politicians enjoy it too. You can't sue them for enacting illegal laws. They have no culpability at all. It makes no difference to them. Something needs to change. They need to be held accountable for this garbage. Uh, Ilhan, uh, what's her name? Ilhan Omar, the uh, representative from what Minnesota. You ought to see her response to getting kicked off the intelligence community uh, committee. And then you look at all the anti-Semitic stuff she said. And now they're holding her accountable. And the Democrats really can't defend her on that. They can't afford to lose the, the Jewish vote that they have. Big win for Republicans on finally getting her out of there and, and out of any area of influence, in my opinion. Um, Swalwell, uh, what's he whining about? Same thing, being kicked off the Intel community, com- uh, Committee. And um, it's good. It's high time. Got an email here from our buddy Dan. Uh, talking about degrees of emergencies, I was talking about preparation the other day. And, uh, you know, the first thing I think you learn when you start getting into the plan, like, you can't plan for everything, really. You could go nuts, put it that way. But you can position yourself well to deal with most scenarios. And I would focus on what are the highest threats in your area. You know, for me, uh, it's mainly um, heat. I've mentioned this. That's why you hear me talk so much about it. Um, probably number two is, is security, and we have obviously methods to take care of that as far as the threat. Um, and number three, you know, home fires, or which I don't, isn't, you know, we're insured, you know, it's like an inconvenience more than a threat. Uh, the third, I would say at this point, is a potential of a nuclear war, really, because we're close to Philadelphia and probably within that zone. I don't consider that risk to be very high, either of it happening. Um, or uh, being likely. Uh, but we have prepared for all three. And let me give you some simple things. Like, And we talk about a lot about redundancy. My buddy Butch Ersk, uh, Erskine from uh, HopeForSurvival.com. And really, go to get the book if this interests you, because he really covers this much, much better than I do on the podcast. And I consider it to be the, the authority or an unauthority on it. Um, you know, you develop redundancy, and that goes all the way down to uh, we have these gel canister, heat canisters. Uh, we got a couple dozen of those, and we actually have a little fireplace in our basement that we use recreationally, and these things crackle and everything. Now, there's a little bit of a um, – you know, they're, they're made to be inside, but there is a little bit of a fumes with it. So you're using that long term, and you might run into some issues there. But the point is – uh, quite frankly, if we had to survive, you know, in our basement, we could probably do it in any temperature, heat-wise. And then we have the ability to use those things. And um, I even have some other things that, if I had to, to, to get to develop heat, we have fireplaces. You know, before we get to any of these uh, levels of of need. Um, and then even then, there's techniques that you can use uh, to take a small amount of heat, such as a, an oil lantern. And if you if you condense your room down using uh, sheets or tarping. Um, you got to be careful with all this, though, for fires and things like that. But if it, you get into a real survival situation, and then as far as like a nuclear conflict or something like that, um, you know, if it hits Philadelphia and we're here and we're alive, uh, we're just going to get moving. <laughs> um, you know, if we get no, whether we get notice or we, no notice, if we're alive, 
basically are, are in that scenario, we're bugging out. And uh, the answer to that is yes, we are um, really well set up to do that just by default. Uh, and, um, you know, we have food and other provisions. So we were so well, we're just going to go head over to, you know, we're planning on getting nuked here in PA. So we're just going to head over to Ohio and, and hold up in a hotel for a while. Um, you don't know that that's going to be available, right? In that kind of situation, you might end up in the, in the, on the side of a road in the woods somewhere. And yeah, we're kind of prepared for all that. Could we be better? Yes, indeed. I saw this uh, from the Daily Mail. I wanted to mention this story. Male, 34-year-old male, swallows a banana wrapped in a condom during a fit of rage. And I thought this was interesting. Obviously, mental health is big in the news. And I just want you to know that if you are having a, a, a bout of rage, that there's really better ways to handle that than swallowing a banana wrapped in a condom. Which led me to another question. How many of you are walking around with bananas and condoms, I have to wonder? Uh, and what would make you consider swallowing that as a response to your anger? I'm just curious if anybody might know. Maybe it's like a, like one of those isms, things, phobias. I don't know. It can help me out. Uh, this is fascinating. You've heard me talk about the AI, and there's lots of concerns about it. And you always hear the deep, dark conspiracy theories. And there are real concerns. I could go into all that, especially with drones and robotic Uh, destructive devices. Um, But I've long held that at the end of the day, I don't believe we'll succumb to the machines because you cannot replace human imagination. That's my contention. We may find out, maybe in my lifetime, maybe not. In the meantime, they had these robotic AI-driven dogs that for the military was testing uh, for these very reasons. And the Marines, leave it to the Marines, uh, were able to basically use cardboard boxes to disguise themselves and because of the way the dogs are relying on their optics, uh, not smell, and the things instinctually that a real dog does, uh, they had no idea that it was a human under the box. Fascinating. There's other interesting things in that article. Um, but the Marines were able to easily fool the robotic dogs. Listen, these are window-licking, uh, crayon-eating young Marine officers. They know nothing about anything. Uh, you can see it in the photo, these big smiles on their faces while they're in uniform. Hard to believe, really, uh, coming from my era. Anyway, they were smart enough to fool the dogs. you got to check this out. I would expect to see more of this. Antifa gets wrecked in Seattle by counter-protesters. Who knows if this is authentic, but the way it's shown here, a bunch of citizens showed up and beat the hell out of Antifa and uh, sent them on their way. So the main story that I wanted to talk about today that I spent a lot of time squawking beforehand, thank you very much, was this Gallup story that uh, basically Americans are tired of the government. They see government as the source of a lot of our problems. And uh, I couldn't agree that that's more true. Um, You could talk about very general things like the schools and the crime and the policing and the war and the debt and the immigration problems. Um... But to be more specific, I like to I like to see what I can see firsthand. You know, the, the news, the media, it's all very misleading. And uh, I try to rely best I can see myself. If not, that I can talk to people um, and get something, you know, secondhand, I guess you would say, or, you know, from the person who's seen it firsthand. I'm hearing it firsthand, right? So uh, that's not always possible, of course, but that's how I really – try to rely on things. And I uh, am kind of fortunate, basically because I'm a veteran, that uh, I can reach out to different people at times and 
different places and the listeners also, I should say, that helped me out in kind of you know garnering that local information. Um, so I look around locally. And the first thing is I'm going to tell you, and I actually have a, an email written to the chief of police that I haven't sent yet. I'm going to tell you right now that there's little doubt in my mind that we have officers here that are punching uh, people in the face on a regular basis. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if you pulled, you know, arrests that went on over the past 10 days, you'd find instances where the police struck somebody in the face or head. And I wonder why it's going on. Now, I'm not certain of that, by the way. I don't like to make false accusations. And maybe it doesn't occur that frequently, but I'm pretty sure it does occur that the cops get in physical alterations and they'll they'll then go to face blows. And um, I just wonder, uh, first of all, I'm not aware of any martial arts techniques that would tell you that that's the best way uh, to strike your way out of a conflict, right? The cops being assaulted by whoever, mental health, criminal, very, very violent criminal, perhaps, whatever the case might be. Um, they're getting assaulted. They need to defend themselves. Yes. And if it becomes a deadly scenario, then they're going to respond with deadly force. Agreed. If that occurred, only then would I view face punches as acceptable. In which case, why wasn't your gun drawn, right? Um, but otherwise, you know, any, you know, it, it shouldn't be allowed. Shouldn't be going on. Cops kicking somebody in the face. Um, I saw. Uh, so anyway, that's my my question locally. Just to stick to my point, you know, uh, I have grown up largely in a multicultural environment. Not steadfast like right now. I'm not for the most part. Um, but when I was little, we lived in a mixed community. I have at other times, and uh, certainly being in the military. You know, it's a mixed race, right? You have to get along with other cultures, other races, whether you like it or not, whether you appreciate it or not. And I also know a lot of cops. A lot of them are minorities. I know plenty of black cops. Um, So I know a little bit about the police culture. I know a little bit about the black culture. This issue down in Memphis was not a race issue. It was a bad police tactics issue. And I've been talking about it pretty much since the beginning of the podcast. I've been saying then, and I'll say now, I'm not a cop. I never was a cop, and I'm not the person to speak about police tactics. But I believe I definitely have something to offer people like me that would raise questions like this. Why would you be using face and head strikes? You watch the video, and then I have to – and look, even if you want to back away just from effectiveness – what was the desired outcome? Presumably to take the man into custody. Presumably. Although I question whether that was really the desire. If that was the desire, how is it that four very physical officers, very capable officers, not one of them appeared to be overweight, they're all very muscular, What is it that their tactics were so poor that for like an hour they couldn't, between five of them, four of them holding and one beating on them, that they couldn't get this guy in custody? So I don't care what angle you want to look at it from, the tactics need to change. Even just one of the reasons why punching somebody in the face is a bad tactic, um, not to say it's never useful, you know how I feel about this, but... Uh, it's you can hurt yourself, your hand. I'm surprised the officer didn't. Now, by the way, um, 
I saw that they're saying that this was gang members. I saw this come out of me like it looked like a gang beating and a gang style beating. And they're saying that, you know, because of this affirmative action that they pushed these black officers in, pushed out white officers for that purpose. And this is the result. Oh, that it's racism. Nah, it's bad police tactics, bottom line. And uh, it should be outlawed, really. Now, you know how I feel about this. The police need to be able to defend themselves. Um, And there's people that sometimes need to be persuaded a little bit on that end. And I do believe that uh, blunt force is a way to do that, a non-lethal way to do that. Uh, Club to the back of the leg, uh, to the back of the arm, you know, to to the upper back. Not the spine, not the head, not the face. I think is sometimes a great policing tool. I really do. But not punching people in the face. So this is what I see locally. What's really happening? Well, we got a letter from our chief, this open letter. I'm going to send him an open letter back. Is this happening here or not? Let's cut to the chase. He goes through all this, you know, very politically nice BS about how much work we have. Who is this we have to do? This was a police problem, not a race problem. And it's an easy fix. You take the officers and you tell them, look, you can't use strikes like that ever on the job. Okay? And number two, you shouldn't use it privately, by the way. You'll end up getting arrested. You punch somebody in the face and they fall back and crack their head. In most places, you're going to go to prison for murder on that or aggravated assault or something along those lines. And for good reason. Because if you could throw that punch, you could probably run. And you should always choose to to, to, to go. Uh, what if you're struck? I know, it gets tough. But if you're going to retaliate, you better be ready. I still say it's better to take some other action. Um, and avoidance in the first place. Avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. That would be what I would preach as best you can. And then, and then if you're going to strike, it needs to be only because uh, you believed your life was in jeopardy. And at that point, you're going to kill somebody. And then, too, a, a, a pay, face punch is not the best way to do that. Right to the throat, far more effective. You punch somebody in the, in the Adam's apple and watch what happens. It's not fun. Better be ready for the outcome on that. So... I'll just say this about being fed up with government. I know that our local government, our county government, our state government is very disengaged. Good luck getting them to actually handle or respond to a real issue. We have no traffic control on our highways to the point that I'm literally watching burning cars driving up the left lane of the highway. I kid you not. I can't make this up. The roads are falling apart. We're nervous about what our daughter's being exposed to in school. I'm nervous about my son after what being in the military, after I watched the 13 uh, uh, Marines and what one army die with this botched Afghanistan from this clown in the White House. I'm nervous that if somebody breaks into my house the way our laws are, that when I kill the stupid bastard, that I'm going to be the one in jail. And, and, and all this while I want to say, look at the, what is this woke progressive agenda? What, tell me what it is that we, we're, we're watching no different our policing here than what's going on in Memphis. Little difference. Or maybe they're not beating them to death. Let me punch you in the face. And you ask me whether one or ten makes much difference to you being on the receiving end. I don't know how. Well, this guy died. Oh, really? What about the guy that suffered three concussions that night because he got beat so he didn't die? 
Every time you're watching that head snap, you're watching a concussion occur. Two guys hold, kicking him in the face while he's down. There's a reason why you can't do this in the MMA. You can't punch a guy while he's tangled up in the ropes. Not going to let you do it. Won't let you do it while the guy can't defend himself because you kill the guy. Everybody knows that. It's exactly what you're doing, and not in the best manner possible. If you're going to argue police tactics, why is it going on here? But let me leave you with this: all this pro- progressive woke stuff, the new eight million dollar library, the boasting of the record walking trails that we have, uh, that I question the you know cost per user, all the sidewalks we have all over the place. And if that all that's not enough, they're painting everywhere with bike lanes, but yet we have people walking around in the streets. This is what I live with, okay? Uh, and we've got more and more parks. I see more expansion going on. They need a bathroom. They need this. We don't even use any of this. We have our own property. So does everybody else. The people that are coming in aren't even from our town largely. Some are. I watch all this this going on. Everything, not not everything falling apart, but this slow, gradual degradation. And I ask myself, where's all the tax money going? And the icing on the cake is the dog parks, all around the Commonwealth. Not really all around the Commonwealth in the five county area. Whatever little group went around and infiltrated the local agendas or got the state money, and they convinced everybody that dog parks were important, and we do. We've got the most integrated trail network in the, in the state, in the five-county area. Walking trails, biking trails, recreational features, and even dog parks. But you know what we don't have in this county? A homeless shelter. Now, maybe you don't care about the homeless people, and that's fine. You don't have to. As a society, though, I do believe we should make some reasonable provisions to deal with people that can't help themselves for whatever reason. Certainly, there should be a path out and blah, 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 blah. But you need a damn homeless shelter. And even if you don't want to help the homeless people, you need it to help the people that can't defend themselves. Because sooner or later, they're going to get cold enough, they're going to crawl in a house. And let's just hope it's not grandmas. Either way you want to dice it, don't tell me that we got money for dog parks, but we don't have money for a homeless shelter. It makes no reasonable sense. But this we call progress. I call it unprogress. It's a mess. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what happens. My schedule's a little up in the air. I'll see you when I see you. Make it a great day.